Hello there, it's time for the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter up this week. Father, Father, put on your tinfoil hat, the angel's message at Fatima, our picks of the week, and so much more. The CU Weekly starts right now. Alrighty, folks, we're just going to get right out of the gate here. It's episode number 346. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She's a religion teacher and campus minister at Archbishop Chappelle High School in Metairie. She's our locally sourced faith ninja. Hello, Kathleen. Well, hello, everyone. Also, we've got Olivia Galino. She's the student of life. She is our resident Italian food critic. She's always here. Hi, well, Olivia. I don't know about always, but hello, everyone. <laughs> She's always studying. I've been absent a little bit lately. <laughs> I'm always true. studying, yeah. That's right. And we've also got Father Ryan Humphreys. He's a priest of the Diocese of Alexandria in North Louisiana. He's the head of our Geek Bureau. Hello, Father. Hello, world. It is a desk that's manned 24 hours a day. Absolutely every moment of every day. Yes, indeed. And of course, uh, up in space uh, on the on the audio line, we've got uh, Jeff Blackwell. He is our technical director. He's the commandant of the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Father. Good to be here. And we've also got uh, we've got Albert the Great, who's running the video, and yeah. Katie. Katie, who is running graphics uh, on this episode, and so it's been one of those days where the graphics computer has been having a day. Well, so Albert the Great's been dead for a thousand years, so he's doing a good job <laughs> for us. You know? <laughs> Try and get him anyway for the show. He's you doing know? great. You know? Yeah. So so one of the things that we take for granted as Catholics is the title Father. You know? If, if you see a guy in a collar walking around, usually you just say, hey, Father, and then we'll turn around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Which is really confusing if you go to a monastery and everybody's uh-huh. wearing uh, a habit and you call everybody Father. Sometimes they'll get kind of you know, miffed at you because they're brother, you know? Mm. Well, try it at Lourdes and 600 people turn around and what's going on? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> those wearing collars, those not everybody just turns around. Exactly. But it's, it's interesting that, that for what we say in English, father, there is an equivalent in many, many languages. And Dr. Taylor Marshall talks about titles for Catholic clergy in various languages. And so we thought we'd, uh, we'd murder some translations here because yes. I don't speak Mandarin. Really? Amateur. I know, right? I'm, I'm so sorry. What, what are you yeah. doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> you don't just secretly scribble out things in Mandarin in your spare time? Obviously, I, I'm not uh, making good use of my time, I guess. That's right. Get with it. So, so in Mandarin, though, uh, a father would be referred to as Shen Fu. Hmm. Shen Fu, which actually means a spirit father. Okay. Mm. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, isn't that the name in the Panda movie? Um, the yeah. the um, sensei, is, is it Shen Fu? Something I'm I'm just looking that up. I do believe because like it, it does it does sound familiar, like we've heard it in Jack Black. Can a tiny a mouse become CGI. a priest? <laughs> I don't know if a mouse is proper matter for the sacrament of orders. We'll have to do some research. My yeah. guess is no. Okay. Yeah, probably not. Probably well, not. I feel like I should know that. Reason, Shifu. 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 Yeah. Mm. So clearly not a priest. Well, there, yeah. there it is. Close. That up. Yeah. <laughs> We're glad we could help you with that, folks. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, let's see. All right. So so um, one name for Catholicism in Chinese is Gong Jiao, which means universal teaching. Mm. Isn't cool. that interesting? Yeah, of course, cool. we use Catholic all the time, which itself is is a is. Greek word is <laughs> mean is mean universal teaching. Yeah, it means yeah. universal. Yeah, um, and then uh, if you go into Japanese, shinpu is a Japanese title for a priest. It also means spirit father. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I'm guessing that that would be a carryover from yeah. uh, from probably ancient religious practice. That's what I was just thinking of. Like those, um, I mean, even some people still practice them. I, I believe today those 
uh, like spirit religions. Oh and, yeah, the the animists and whatnot. Right, right, right. Yeah. Almost a billion people actually. It's the mm -hmm. sixth wow. most popular religion on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. My, my. Mm -hmm. there, there you are. So um, yeah. it's really interesting too when you see these uh, these phrases kind of carry over. Right. And uh, in fact, uh, one of my, my assistant who uh, took the religious name Amrit. Amrit Raj, his name means the nectar of the gods. Mm -hmm. And so it has a, a Hindi analog, right, uh, mm -hmm. of, of a kind of a uh, somebody who is a, a spirit father, if you will, a, yeah. a, a priest, a cleric of, of the Hindu religion. But it's also an analog for uh, for the Eucharist, huh? the nectar of God. Mm -hmm. So so it was a way for him to evangelize um, a, a non-Catholic culture so that he had a name, even his religious name and religious life would also carry over. Which is oh, really cool. kind of a cool yeah, thing. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's fascinating. My brother-in-law yeah. calls crawfish boudin nectar of the gods. Well, yeah, boudin. For those of you who may not be from Louisiana, it is kind of a nectar down here. <laughs> so, so good. Yeah, it's yummy. Uh, I'm sorry to we digress there. That's right. No, it's okay. I mean, you should digress, and if there's a, if there's sausage to be talked about and, and consumed in Louisiana, you know. In fact, I just came from a crawfish boil. I smell like crawfish. So sorry to all of you. There's in the, no need to apologize. No, exactly. It's really okay. Um, and then usually uh, the way that crawfish boils work is you end up with sausage and mushrooms and garlic and everything else too. So mm -hmm. I smell like a smorgasbord, mm. which there you are. Yeah. You're welcome. There so, it's so, like the new kind of potpourri. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crawfish smorgasbord. What are you wearing, crawfish smorgasbord? <laughs> so uh, another in, in Syriac or Aramaic for our father is Abuna. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we have a couple of priests here uh, who are Lebanese, L Lebanese uh, Maronite Catholics, mm. and so Abuna would be what you call them. Oh. So, when you see Father Charbel or you see Father Alex, you can say, "Hi, Abuna," and then they go, oh, "You know that word?" Father, <laughs> Father Charbel goes, "You know that word? Yes, Father, I do know that <laughs> word. Right. That's right. It's one of the only words I know in Syriac or Aramaic or Lebanese. Yeah, um, it's also used by Egyptian, Syrian, and Palestinian Christians, and of course the Maronite Catholics. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bathyushka. Fun. Say is, it again. Uh, Bathyushka. Yes. <laughs> is the Russian title for Orthodox priest, meaning father. Um, and incidentally, the wives of Orthodox uh, priests of Russian Orthodox priests have a title, uh, Matushka, which means mother. Hmm. Hmm. That is are. interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. That of course the thing about the the neat thing about uh, about our Orthodox brothers and sisters is that essentially all of their priests are more or less members of a religious community of some right. kind. Right. They don't have the same kind of diocesan structure that, that we do. And so it would make sense that that their wives would have some sort of a kind of quasi-religious yeah. component in, in their name. And, and there's a second interesting layer of that, too, where men who, who say they want to be bishops, they want to move up and, you know, kind of those those men are bishops are chosen exclusively from those men who are unmarried. And right. so folks mm -hmm. choose whether they're going to be celibate or married priests at the beginning, mm -hmm. and the married priests stop there. They, they can do the priesthood, but they don't advance, and then the celibate men advance. It's an interesting and kind of... Of a, it's really worth studying and thinking about some mm -hmm. more. It's cool, cool culture. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful um, part of, of uh, our tradition because really, even though they are um, our, our Orthodox, are in a sense a separated brethren, they do have a beautiful and and, and thick, <laughs> thick religious tradition that that's very worth uh, worth studying. Yeah. So let's see what else we got here. Um, cha is Vietnamese for father. Yeah. So Cha uh, Cha, I believe, is hello, father. Hmm. Yeah. Um, dom, which is a, a shortened version of the Latin dominus, meaning lord, 
Uh, dom is an honorific prefix to a given name. So um, Benedictines, Carthusians, canons regular in English and French, like Dom Columba Marmion, who was a Benedictine. He was also um, a, a liturgist and a writer, a spiritual writer. Um, for Portuguese, Dom signifies a bishop, okay. uh, so, uh, so a lord. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those in the Romance languages, the, um, the, the notion for what would have been an arist- aristocratic title uh, kind of began to carry over for, uh, for, for members of the, of the, the lordship, huh? the, the bishopric, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see, we've also got uh, Don. Don is in the Italian, the Spanish version of Dom, so Don can be used in writing and in direct address like Don Bosco. His first name wasn't Don. <laughs> Donny. Yeah, it was actually <laughs> Donny. Yeah, no, it was it was actually John Bosco. Right. So he was Don John Bosco. Mm-hmm. Don Giovanni. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Don is. In fact, uh, I have a friend. Uh, well, our our director of the Toronto bureau, uh, Roberto, calls me Don Cristoforo. So, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, so there you go. Um, and it's a, it's honorific uh, in in all Spanish cultures. It's not always restricted to the clergy um, in in Spanish culture. So uh, Don Juan of Austria is a notable example, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind or of a, a member of the mafia. Hey. Oh, well, there you go, because hey. Kathleen in her own right is a Don. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a, lo- a lord is anyone with great authority. Yeah. And so the head oh. of the mafia would be the Don of the mafia. The yeah, authority. there you go. That's right. Uh, so let's see. Uh, uh, Sagart or Sagart is the Irish or old Gaelic corruption <laughs> of the Latin exactly word for priest. The same. Huh? That sounded exactly the same. No one has a G and one has a C. Try it oh, again. Let's yeah. hear it one more time. Sagart. There. Everyone listen. Sagart. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the it's a corruption of the Latin <laughs> right. word sacerdos for priest. Right. Huh? Ah, okay. uh, yeah. And Ather is the Irish address for father. Ather. Father Ryan giving us the chatter. <laughs> Monsignore is Italian for my lord. Um, the the final e is often dropped, so Monsignor. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Romance languages, it means uh, it, it is mean the bishop. Uh, right. But but in English, it's restricted to um, to minor prelates, chaplains to His Holiness. So Monsignor so and so. Yeah, it's always interesting because you know you have people walking around in all all swaths of purple in in Italy. And so some of them are called Monsignor, some of them are called Don, some of them are called uh, Monsignor. It, you just, you never quite know exactly who is who. Padre, that's it. Just say, you could say Padre, which of course Padre is a corruption of the Latin pater. So you hear that in Spanish and in Portuguese and Italian. Um, in Italy, Padre is for like a, a mendicant religious priest, like a Franciscan, like mm-hmm. Padre Pio. Uh, but Don would be used for a diocesan priest. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, Ojejczyk, I think. Uh, sorry to my Polish brothers and sisters. Um, that's uh, when you're addressing a priest. And then there's another address, which I won't attempt to pronounce. Um, if, uh, if you're, or rather, that's just the noun. If you're addressing a priest, you, you use a different word. I think it's just Oce. Oce? Oce. Okay. You have to stop, breathe, and then go again. <laughs> <laughs> kind of it's like swimming. Oce. That's right. Yeah. Don Quixote like would have been another air, example. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Otet is the Ukrainian priest, uh, so that's how they're usually addressed. It means father. And his wife uh, is uh, Dobrodizhka, there you which go. means one Very who nice. is doing good deeds or a benefactress. Dobrodizhka. The benefactress. That's a good video game name. Yeah. Actually, that's what we call Kathleen. Kathleen She's the benefactress. That's my mafia name. That's her mafia name. She's the benefactress. (laughs) 
We don't think, mess with the benefactress. I think, right. all, I think we have all roads lead to Kathleen yeah. when it comes to Catholic Underground. You have to say it in the New Jersey way, though. The benefactress. Yeah. And I'm the nephew. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I, I think, Jeff, we've got a, an episode title, huh? The benefactress. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're if you're heading over into, into Greece, you will hear Papa, of course. Mm-hmm. We, we know what that means. It means Abba. It means Daddy. And, uh, and so our Latin Papa, or Pope, huh, is the same word. And uh, I, I suppose you could say um, each, each Greek Orthodox priest is papal in his own town, you know, so mm. Papa, you know? Mm. Um, it's really kind of interesting that, that our Pope, and really the Orthodox Pope as well, they, they, the, the different popes of the Orthodox Church, uh, they call them Papa, the, the word that Jesus kind of gives us to address God our Father. Mm. We also address his vicars on earth in the same way, or his vicar uh, on earth and, um, and that. So, uh, very neat that way. So, uh, père, of course, uh, not the fruit, but uh, is the address. Uh, mon père is the French corruption of Latin's pater, meaning father. Mm-hmm. And then abbé. Uh, abbé is uh, a member of the French secular clergy in major or minor orders. Uh, so, and that, interestingly enough, comes from the, the Arabic, or I should say the Aramaic abba as well, um, mm-hmm. abbé. Um, so uh, if, you, if your last name happens to be Labé, it means the father. Mm-hmm. And so if you were a priest who was also having that last name, you'd be... <laughs> father, father. Yeah. Father, father. Monsieur Labé, Labé. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I guess you're right, Kathleen. Father, the father. Father, father the father. father. Yeah. Or actually, it would be Mr. Father, the father. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because in some, uh, in some languages, you would, you would affix Mr., like Herr, oh. in German, mm-hmm. right? Der Vater is... Yeah, uh, Herr, Herr Vater would be yeah, Herr German. Vater, right. Herr, Herr Vater. Mm-hmm. And Vater would be in Dutch. Yes, for those of you wondering, it's spelled Vader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's... That's right. It was and kind the, of a giveaway. Vader. And then also in French, uh, Monsieur <laughs> Le Cure. Monsieur Le Cure, Monsieur Le Cure is... Uh, the, those are the kind of the assistant pastor, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, but it's, it's, not, it's not uncommon in, in England to hear this is the curate of That's the right. parish. That's right. Oh. Which means the priest of the parish. <laughs> Le Chay in the... Uh, in the chat room says, you come to me on the day of my benefactress's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your horses, because that's going to be a while. Thanks for reminding me. Oh, wow. Well, there it is. And there you have it. Just a letter saying. opener. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kathleen. Back chat at Catholic Underground. <laughs> Actually, I think we can register uh, date. Kathleen at Kathleen. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? Sound? I'm all about it. That's right. Just a direct pipe to <laughs> get mom, to your mailbox. My mom says I have to stop hanging out with priests and seminarians. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you maybe if you call us uh, other things, she won't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing about Kathleen is she really is a spiritual benefactress for <laughs> priests and seminarians, so your mafia title is well deserved. Yeah, well. There you go. And well earned. And well, <laughs> and well earned. So, so perhaps, uh, perhaps you missed a few, but uh, this comes from from Dr. Taylor Marshall, who uh, who himself was an Anglican priest, and uh, he converted with his family to Catholicism, and uh, he remains a layman. He didn't seek orders mm-hmm. in uh, in the Catholic priesthood, and so he teaches um, uh, at St. Thomas More uh, College there in Texas, and so he has compiled this list. What's really cool, we'll we'll put a link in the show notes is uh, there are a lot of folks in the comment box that says, well, it's this and not that, it's this and not that. And it's really neat to watch that whole thread of conversation. There are times, and I know you'll find this strange, uh, Kathleen Olivia, where a comm box conversation can be helpful. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I just, probably the only time. My personal history with com boxes has been like, ooh, I, I that is some language. Yeah, Scrolling yeah. up, yeah. I, yeah. I can't Usually, read this. Yeah. yeah. They made me quite nervous myself. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Carrie in the chat room, which is a com box that's useful, yes. uh, that's true. says, okay. is that why St. Jean Vianney was called the curé of ours? That's, that's exactly correct. right, yeah. because he was the curate. He was the one in charge of the parish, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, very true. All right, well, that is, uh, that's, those are our titles for Father. You can always go to backchat at catholicundergroundcom to let us know what yours are. Maybe you, maybe you call us things uh, in your own native language that you made up inside <laughs> your head just a few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, but one thing you haven't made up, we are the Catholic Underground. No matter how you're joining us, we're glad you're here. We are the Catholic Underground. You are listening to us, and we are online at catholicunderground.tv. Yo soy Padre Christopher Decker. <laughs> also, we've got uh, Jeff Blackwell. He's in space. Olivia Galino. Kathleen Lee is here. Father Ryan Humphreys is here in studio. And our picks of the week are, in fact, coming up. But you're going to want to hear about this because you, you may or, or may not have a tinfoil hat. Uh, but there is an interesting group that, that's grown in the past 15 years. They were dismissed as kind of like being kooky um, for most of that time. But, but since Election Day, both previous elections and present elections, um, many of their critics have had a change of heart. And these people call themselves, are you ready, preppers. Preppers. That's right. Yeah. And this is not like food prep. This is everything prep. Oh, food prep. Kathleen, are you a prepper? Then I'm out. If it's not food prep, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I am. I am not. I mean, like, I love a good, you know, hurricane season. Oh, yeah. When it becomes hurricane season, I I prep a little bit. But other than that, like, I'm so oblivious to anything happening to, even though i'm a huge walking dead fan like i watch it and i know exactly what i would do um i i don't have any real preparation <laughs> that's the extent it. of your preparation that's about it i just watching know that the I, yeah mm -hmm. yep <laughs> there you go that's why i'm yeah. gonna run out to the street and just say i've watched walking dead all of it follow me holding holding like a broken bed post uh, get away just stay away i'm totally all about it yeah <laughs> well, the, the the prepper group is not homogenous. That's one of the mm -hmm. one of the things we have to remember is that they're not that, that these folks are not all the same. I mean, I was visiting with a fellow in my house a few days ago who who is a prepper, quote unquote, but he is not the kind of prepper who has built a bunker, you know, in Montana and yeah. and stocked it with two hundred seventy three thousand nine millimeter rounds and cans of tuna and cans of tuna. <laughs> um, you know, this is this is a broad group that that kind of operates in a couple of categories, and I think this is fascinating. Um, you have people on the really intense side and they are preparing for t-e-o-t-w-a-w-k-i the end of the world as we know it oh. and oh. so you know these are folks who are glad saying, they have that helpful acronym <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and these, these are folks who are you know the sense that that like in the 60s you know when, when the cold war was going on at any moment the bomb could drop and it's over and mm -hmm. so we need to be prepared for how i'm going to preserve my family through the end of of whatever comes next, you know, through yeah. whatever young adult teen lit, you know, dystopian Brendan Fraser movie, yeah. 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 you know, say, what's that movie with <laughs> Brendan Fraser? <laughs> um, you know, so so there's that crowd. Uh, on the other side, you have Boy Scouts and soccer moms, you yeah. know, who are who are trying to be prepared and have first aid kits in the car. Semper paratus, you know, I mean, and, and yeah. have the magic purse where you reach in and out comes absolutely anything that yeah. is needed. Um, I think Kathleen may have yeah. one. I of have. Those. I think I have, I have yes. any mm -hmm. like. 
mom person that, and that extends to spiritual motherhood yeah, okay. been a factress, you. yeah if you if you ask kathleen right now to pull out like a kleenex Look, and a quarter give her that was two seconds it's flat. in the back of my car that was my favorite part about being a um a stage a stage mom at, yeah. for this play that i did i'm digressing just a little bit okay. but i got to make a stage manager kit oh yeah and i thought of everything and so these people were like oh i needed this i'm like Bing. And they're like, what? Kathleen like, was a prepper Welcome. there. Yeah. So actually, I might be. You, you go, could yeah. be. It's still in my car because I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Well, you got what the basic if, skills. What if I need it? Yeah. So it's sitting in the back of my car. There, there, you got there the right. There it is. Well, you know, between between the, oh, my God, the world's going to end, yeah. and the just the soccer mom who keeps seven Band-Aids in mm-hmm. her purse, mm-hmm. you know, you have people who are, um, who are paying attention to what would happen if SHTF, the stuff hits the, hits the fan. Yeah, what if what if that happens? Um, and then you have people who who are just like, what if I suddenly need to bug out? Yeah. You know, and and they're, they're, the crazy pants of this is, what if the government turns on me? Mm-hmm. And and frankly, Father Chris and I have reason to be concerned because basically every modern country except ours has had the government turn on priests. Yeah, so there is a certain they, amount. We're of, usually the first up against the wall when the revolution yeah. comes. And you know why that is? Why the Eucharist. It's true. Oh. It's true. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, so so there is a certain amount of, of reality to that. But, you know, w- imagine, just imagine you're in your home and you smell smoke in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a cause for bugging out, right? Yeah. So you get your family out of the house. And then wouldn't it be helpful if you had one pouch that was in your safe that had your valuables, mm-hmm. that had all your documents, that had uh, a list of hotels um, that, that have crisis or catastrophe discounts? that had a thumb drive with all of your important records on it. You know, you could imagine where that's not a crazy thing at all to have. You know, being able to say, I need to be able to put my hands on all of my important documents, and I don't need to run around the house trying to find those things. I want to keep all my wedding photos, you know, and keep them in in one place. Or I want to have a bag that has a couple of changes of clothes, Mm -hmm. uh, some emergency food, and a handful of things that I need, where if I've got to be out of my house in 10 minutes... Mm-hmm. You know, because of a catastrophe, I can do that. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, you also have things like weather emergencies. You know, down here in, in, in Louisiana, it's not unusual to say, you know, have the announcement come on and say, evacuate by noon today. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And right. it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a plastic tub mm-hmm. with, you know, with that document pouch and your bug out bag. And your sleep apnea machine. Your sleep apnea machine, some <laughs> right. extra medicines there that you might take. Bon bons. You know, and, and, and or even, bon bon. Well, even, even a little ice chest that you can put. <laughs> Put your diabetes medicine in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And everybody and, has their own needs. I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, but but I mean that's that's a reality of of being prepared. And while some preppers are full on crazy pants, yeah. uh, you know, I think it, it's worth thinking about and even discussing a little bit. What are those things that we, as sane people, ostensibly, yeah. Yeah. ostensibly, should be prepared <laughs> for? And, and what are those things that we can do? I mean, like that document bag. When I first read about this in an article changed my whole perspective on mm. stuff. Now mm-hmm. I keep on my phone copies of my passport and all that stuff. I keep wow. it secure. I keep it locked up. But knowing that I've got those things with me in yeah. case there's a catastrophe, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. It is. That's right. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that uh, that I try to keep on hand is uh, are, are the liturgy of the hours uh, to yeah. have a missile, um, not, not like a North Korea, but uh, like the Roman <laughs> missile, so that if I am in a situation, all I'll need are the bare essentials to say the Mass— you know, I actually keep a, um, I keep vestments in my car, um, so I, I think about the priest things. Uh, admittedly, I do have some of the documents that I need, um, <laughs> and my celebrate. You know what a celebrate is? Now, for those of you following along at home, celebrate is the card that says he's a priest, y'all. Mm. 
um, and it's stamped by your bishop. So those sorts of things I do kind of keep on hand. Mm-hmm. What about you, ladies? I mean, have you thought about it, or do you just... I- you just day by day at this point because I feel you're like in college. super unprepared now, and that makes me nervous. But yeah, I mean, I, I I've had that moment when you're lying awake at night and you're like thinking about all the disastrous things that could happen in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just me and my anxious personality, but well, I mean, sometimes a house foundations fail completely. Yeah, or you know, so I. <laughs> That's a great nightmare that I'm going to have tonight. And Sorry. sometimes there are otters swimming under the house, yeah. and they can collapse the entire thing right That's on top true, of That's true, yeah. You. They're yeah. on the way for the long weekend, and before yeah. you know it. So back to the question, Olivia, what is it that you would like to bring? Um, Thank you, Kathleen. I, yeah, I like the idea of having documents. I like the idea of having photos because that's mm-hmm. one thing that you always hear about, like when hurricanes come or floods come yeah. or fires, you always hear about people lamenting. I mean, they lament the things that they lost in their yeah. homes, but they also lament their photos because, I mean, yeah. and nowadays a lot of things are on our phones. They're on some the kind cloud, of cloud. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know for me, I have a lot of things on hard drives yeah. and um, or like print photos. And so I would be devastated if I lost those. And yeah. So I think yeah. about that. I think about like the special things like um, things from my childhood that you can't recreate, like, you know, quilts my mom made or, yeah. or like things like that. Yeah. that, um, that so you do, important. You, you have to make kind of a, 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 a distinction between, OK, what are the incredibly sentimental items that I can yeah. take with right, me? Yeah. What are the sentimental items that I'm just going to have to remember well? Yeah. Or dare I say that I can take a picture of them and, and that's what I'm going to need yeah, to come back and, to. Yeah, and and then what okay are the essentials? Yeah. yeah, there there is a, a beautiful element of, of um of kind of noble simplicity of simplifying our life too when thinking yeah. about prepping i'd imagine huh yeah yeah but there's also I, mean, I don't think you can get too bogged down in the utility of it you yeah. know because there are certain things that are you know yes they are sentimental but they're still important to you know who you are as a person and so if you can make room for them next to your canned goods and your um like katie has stuff packed for her cats you know if you can make yeah. room for it a little in, cat in, pack. The, in the in the flood bag <laughs> or the hurricane bag for those things i think that's important too that's right. yeah, i was about to say the only two things that i have to grab are furry and one of them is <laughs> one of them is my french bulldog chunk the and then a very nice coat special <laughs> another one is, no that, and then oh. i have special i have like a um my cat is 16 years old. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, he's a little decrepit. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think as soon as I, you know, as long as I've got those two out the door, the mm-hmm. rest is. Yeah. Uh, Lachey in the chat says uh, that her kit uh, usually consists of a small first aid kit, a flashlight, a knife, a solar charger, identification stuff, and fire and water kits. Uh, playing cards and Fulton Sheen wartime prayer book. That's a great yeah. little oh, book. Yeah. It really well, is. You know, yeah. part of the equation here is that we are all here single people, you know, and when mm-hmm. you start thinking about what about when you have a family, yeah. then it yeah. really starts to become more important because you do need to have some real time right. to say, I need to make decisions about what my kids need. I need yeah. to make decisions about what, what everybody in my home needs. Yeah. And when you say, okay, I have five minutes or even five hours, it's rarely that you have enough things, you know, ready to go for a family sure. of three or four or five True. to make it for a couple of days. Yeah. So I think it's worth, you know, just kind of sitting down and, and writing a plan. It's a couple hours of your life. Right. You Google a few things and, and hey, I think it's a good idea. It's something I, I, it's helped me a lot. And even to simplify my life, it helped me a lot to, to take a look, to evaluate and say what really matters, mm-hmm. make the list and start doing the development. So it's a good That's idea. Right. Interesting. Uh, Joe McLean, the Catholic hack in, uh, in the chat room, says uh, a backup supply of boudin rolls. Amen to that. And consequently, you'd have to have uh, clean underwear. You are listening to and watching the Catholic Underground. We're going to take a little bit of a break, but don't go anywhere because we got more where this came from. <laughs> Thank you.
A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Oh yes, welcome back. You have found the Catholic Underground by some stretch of deep magic. I am Father Chris Decker, joined by Olivia Galino, Kathleen Lee, Jeff Blackwell in space. Hi Jeff, are you hey, doing okay up yeah, there? Yeah, doing great. Yes, have enough snacks? I got my jammies on, yes? I'll right. send some up. Yeah, by jammies <laughs> he means his extravehicular activity suit. He's actually fixing the antenna outside, so... <laughs> So we, we got him uh, we got him though on the audio line. And then of course you've got um, you've got Alberto and uh, Katie, um, I guess. Where? Uh, Where? <laughs> uh, who are in the video cave? We're running the video. You can always watch the uh, the video at CatholicUnderground.tv. And of course, if you're podcasting, you're listening to us on the podcast. We sure do thank you. Did you uh, say Father Ryan? What? Oh, I was going to get there. Oh. Father Ryan's over there. Hi, I'm Father Ryan. <laughs> Look at That's him. Right. He's so yeah. sweet. <laughs> Way to go. And, and actually, in the chat room, AC says, Kathleen, you are my hero. <gasps> actually, he says, Shiro. Ooh. Yeah, you like that? Ooh, yeah. Am gonna, I a benefactress? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's going to use that again on a business card. Yay. Kathleen, Shiro. the Shiro. The Shiro. Uh, speaking of Shiro's, huh? <laughs> yes. um, Mary. Kind of, kind of the big one. Blessed Virgin, she, that's good, right. woman. <laughs> good woman, good woman. Kikari Tomene. That's right, exactly. Uh, and Theotokos, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, of course, appeared to the children at Fatima a hundred years ago. This coming week for us, uh, who are recording the show before May thirteenth, and uh, before that appearance, there was actually kind of like a little prepper time, mm-hmm. if you will, um, where where an angel appeared and uh, kind of readied the children. Mm-hmm. And so we thought we'd talk a little bit uh, about the message of Fatima that the angel brought before Mary began to appear. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important, too, to realize that, you know, she didn't just show up out of the blue because she's a good mother. That's, she a, good, wants that's to... a pretty good pun. Yeah, uh, yeah blue. I got uh, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I see what you did there. That's yeah. very clever. That's not intended, but I do appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah so she didn't want to just surprise these poor <laughs> shepherd children and say, hey, I'm here and I'm Mary, you know, because they know who she is. So she sent this angel to, to ready them. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, you know, we have all these liturgical seasons that ready us. Now, for... that's an interest. I had never thought about that before. That that the angels the the angels the angels visit was kind of like an advent, mm-hmm. oh, or really a Lent, really. Really, yeah. He was preparing their hearts by asking them, "Well, we'll get there, won't we?" And mm-hmm. Do the penance. That's right. <laughs> Do the penance. Um, yeah. So this angel uh, appeared to the three children, and just to review their names, we have Lucia, Jacinta, and Francisco. All of whom and will be saints. I know. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I'm so excited. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so when the angel appeared, he called himself the angel of peace and the angel of Portugal, because remember that Fatima is in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really the, the purpose of his visit, just to prepare these children for the visit of Mary. Um, so we have to, we can conclude that you know Mary sent this angel to yeah. them. Um, and they were catechized in prayer, uh, reparative suffering, the doctrine of the Holy Eucharist, and then they were strengthened by the bread of angels. So they were really given like all of the tools in their tool chest that they would need yeah. for this coming uh, apparition of Mary. So catechesis on, on how to pray. Right. Um, they were given catechesis on suffering, redemptive suffering, huh? Repar- reparative, mm-hmm. uh, making reparation. 
the doctrine of the Eucharist and then they were given the Eucharist. Right. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's also important to note that, you know, we have three messages from Fatima. We also have three uh, visits of this angel. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like the idea of trilogies is interesting. Um, the first visit was not just George Lucas. It's no, yeah. I wouldn't make that reference because I no. can't. Also, um, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Father. Yes, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm glad for you have someone to help you out this week. <laughs> um, yeah, so the first visit was in the spring of 1916. Um, and I, I love that we have excerpts of these uh, accounts uh, in their memoirs, in the mm -hmm. soon-to-be saints' memoirs. Um, so in Lucia's uh, memoirs, um, which she composed under the obedience of her bishop, she talks about this first meeting with the angels. And she says, um, you know, we began to see in the distance above the trees a light whiter than snow in the form of a young man, uh, quite transparent and as brilliant as crystal in the rays of the sun. And talks about how they were just astonished. They didn't really know what to do. They were speechless. They, she said that we said nothing to one another. Um, and the angel spoke. He said, do not be afraid. Um, which is something we hear in the scriptures over and over and mm -hmm. over again. It's what Christ tells the apostles uh, repeatedly after his resurrection, you know, do not be afraid, um, peace be with you. And so it's interesting, too, that the angel says, do not be afraid, I am the angel of peace. So he, he calms them, and then he, he gives them this gift of peace. Um, and then he invites them to pray with him. He says, pray with me. Mm -hmm. um, so he knelt, this angel kneels, um, bends his forehead to the ground, um, and she says, with a supernatural impulse, we did the same, repeating the words we heard him say. And these were the words. Mm -hmm. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. Um, she said, after repeating that prayer three times, the angel rose and then say to us, said to us, pray in this way. The hearts of Jesus and Mary are ready to listen to you. So in that prayer, we see... A lot of what he came to do to prepare them, he taught them how to pray, gave yep. them a specific formula, and he did it with them, you know, because they're children, um, re realizing that that's how children learn. Um, but he also, in that prayer, teaches them about redemptive suffering, about yeah. praying in reparation for souls. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can see elements of the Eucharist, too, when he talks about, um, my God, I adore, yeah. um, and, and hope, really, because the Eucharist gives us hope in something um, that's beyond, something that's greater. Um, and then, um, she talks, she talks about how the angel really affected them, which I mean, seems like an obvious thing to say, like, well, this angel came to us in a field today. And, yeah. um, but I mean, we just think about how they were what, nine, 10 years old mm -hmm. around that age. And, and this angel comes to them, um, and, and teaches them how to pray. Um, and so she writes that after, uh, the angel disappeared, he left us in an atmosphere of the supernatural that yep. was so intense. We were for a long time unaware of our own existence. Yeah. That's an incredible experience for a nine-year-old, ten-year-old to Absolutely. have. Absolutely. And, and furthermore, I mean, I think if I were to experience an angel and the angel said, do not be afraid, the first thing I probably would be inclined to do is be afraid, yep. mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And yet we, we get the sense that, that not only did they hear the angel's message, but they were not afraid. They actually were able, and like uh, Sister Lucia, or now almost uh, Saint Lucia mm -hmm. will, will write, um, we were not afraid. We actually watched the angel pray. We listened to the angel pray. And uh, we get the sense, certainly, that they did the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, that they prepared. Uh, and so you, you know the tree by its fruit, right? right. And, and so they were talking, she was talking about how that, that was, that all of a sudden we, we were at peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's, it's 
beautiful um, considering their age, but just, I mean, considering the whole experience that she talks about how they were, they felt unaware of their own existence. She says that the presence of God was so powerful and intimate that even among ourselves, we could not speak. Um, And then it continued into the next day. They were still, you know, spellbound. um, And it really only after time became so that they were not less affected, but, you know, could function more normally because mm-hmm. they had this such a profound experience. And I think it's when you, um, there's a, a philosopher, uh, I think it's Rudolf Otto, talks about this mysterium tremendum et fascians, like this this tremendous and fascinating experience, and that's the experience we have of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thinking about how they had this experience with the angel, you can only imagine that, that they're translating that experience into what they see at Mass. They're yeah. translating that experience right. into... What, they, what their faith teaches them about God and, and what they read in the scriptures. You know, they're thinking about Moses. They're thinking about all of these um, these biblical figures who've had experiences like this and connecting themselves to it. Right. And so they, they have to know that something big is it's coming. Yeah. yeah, something yeah. is coming. Something is, is being done with them. I, you know, I think whenever I hear them talking about not being uh, aware of their own existence because the power of God was so powerful, I often think about some liturgies that I have attended where you completely lose yourself in the mass <laughs> and all of a sudden you become, you become unaware of yourself yeah. because you are so aware of what the Lord is doing, either through the proclamation of the word or through the Eucharistic prayer. Um, I dare say there have been a few times as a priest where I've experienced that while I'm saying the Eucharistic prayer. Where, where the priest, what's supposed to happen is the priest himself is supposed to disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily visibly. That would be a, a great and interesting thing. <laughs> I've but, done that. It's, it's, it's very confusing. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, but where, where, the, where the priest can disappear, in this case, um, uh, the, the three shepherd children, they themselves disappeared so that the, the presence of God could, could yeah. flood them with that preparation. Right. Well, and C.S. Lewis says something along the lines of that, and I'll paraphrase, where he says that humility is not so much looking at our own faults as it is not looking at ourself at all. You know, mm-hmm. when your eyes are totally turned toward God, that's when you have true humility, and you do kind of forget yourself. Yeah, exactly. And so that was that was the first visit, right? Right. That was just the visit number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the the article that we're we're talking about here, the author, the author, sorry, wants to make a, a distinction that you know. We talk about this in- intense effect that the apparition of the angel had on the children um, and how it's different than the serene experience of the Virgin, um, th- which would happen the following year in 1917. Um, and Lucia even reflects on this, and she talks about how like um, the apparitions of Our Lady produced in us effects quite different from the angels. But she says that in the same instant, in both instances, the same intimate happiness, peace, and joy um, we've experienced, mm-hmm. but instead of physical prostration um, that the angel taught us, Our Lady brought a feeling of, she says, expansion and freedom. Oh. And I like that that mm-hmm. phraseology there, expansion and freedom. So not that feeling of of being, um, she says, annihilated in the divine presence, in presence, but just to exalt in joy. That's what the yeah. Our Lady brought them to. But it, you need both. You know, it's a it's Absolutely. a complementary experiences. Um, you can't have one without the other. You can't have joy without angels, suffering or suffering. Exactly. The angels usually do engender that. Whenever you see uh, the archangels functioning in Scripture, when Gabriel appears to Zechariah, it's it's a do not be afraid, but it is a I I represent the presence of God, mm-hmm. you know, and and so Zechariah is very much moved by this. Even Mary, when Gabriel appears to her, is very much moved by this this 
awesome presence of God. Right. Um, Raphael, for that matter, mm-hmm. huh? All, when the archangels uh, work. And so the angel of peace, although he's not named, he, he, he is called the angel of peace. That's, that's the most that we know. Um, but he represents that that uh, kind of awesome power of God. And then Our Lady comes, and she is a mother, ever, right. <laughs> ever, ever much, ever a mother, you know. Right. And that's an important distinction, too, that we want to make is that, you know, the two visits or the two experiences of, of the angel and of Mary are different because they're two different beings. You that's know? correct. Yeah. Uh, Mary is she comes to communicate a message. The angel comes to prepare. But then they just they're different natures. An angelic being is different from a, a human being. Yes. Um, and even in Mary's, uh, you know, glorified state, there, there's a difference. Um, mm-hmm. And we always have to maintain that difference. Um, yep. And we won't go into, you know, angelic beings and all that now, but that's but a just whole other segment. In mind. That's a whole other yeah. segment and we will talk about it. Um, but yeah, so just going on to the second visit, this happened in the summer of, of 1916. So it's been a few months since the first one. Um, the angel appeared to them again and she, and he, sorry, chastises them for their lack of spiritual seriousness, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting thing to chastise children for. Yeah. Um, but you see kind of notes of that in the prayer that he teaches them the first time he comes. And the second time, it's like he's using that prayer as a standard yeah. for what I'm the teaching The angel is a time. pretty good catechist. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Lucia writes that suddenly we saw the same angel near us saying, what are you doing? You must pray. Pray. The hearts of Jesus and Mary have merciful designs for you. You must offer your prayers and sacrifices to God the Most High. And then Lucia comes back and says, well, how are we to sacrifice? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are we going back, like, way, way back to the biblical times? That's right. Um, and the angel says, in every way you can offer sacrifice to God in reparations for the sins by which he is offended. Mm-hmm. So we're returning to that idea of, of reparative, uh, suffering. of suffering, mm-hmm. but not just in a particular action, not just in the Eucharist, but in every moment that the mm-hmm, Eucharist yeah. animates. Um, because if that is the source and summit of the Christian life, then it will animate yeah. everything in your life and everything becomes potentially redemptive. That's and that's correct. why everybody's grandmother says, offer it up. So yeah. right. you know, yeah. every right. little detail from, mm-hmm. a, from the cold shower to missing the red light, you mm-hmm. know, to somebody steal my spot at the grocery store, offer everything up. Right. That's right. Because it means something. It exactly. Really I've recently been reconnected with the power of reparative suffering of, especially as a pastor of souls of, um, uh, of constantly saying, Lord, I seek reparation uh, for all of my parishioners who have had terrible experiences in their life. I seek reparation for, for all of those who, who in any way uh, have experienced abuse, who have experienced uh, um, uh, you know, anger or all those things. To, to offer those specifically uh, for, for souls is very, very important. Um, and it is, it is effective. It is efficacious. Huh? We often wonder about uh, what is the sacrifice that we're supposed to offer. Uh, as, as laypersons, you offer the sacrifice of your prayer. And, and then that is joined with the sacrifice at the altar that the priest, as the minister of the, of the sacrifice, offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gathers that up, and then he offers it along with the bread and the wine. We oftentimes perhaps forget that, that mm-hmm. I'm not just spectating at Mass, but the angel reminds the children that your prayer, your prayer, your sacrifice of prayer is effective. Right. And not just effective, you know, in this one day you'll see the effects of this. He says, in this way, in this prayer, you will bring peace to our country. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a tangible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, and for I am its guardian angel, the angel of Portugal. That's right. So we get the next little hint of who the angel of peace is. The angel of peace is the guardian angel of Portugal. Right. Um, and it's interesting that, that this is the particular way of peace to Portugal. This is the way that peace will come through yeah. this 
redemptive suffering, but prayer in that redemptive suffering and continually mm-hmm. offering it to God. Um, and so again, we see um, the children being greatly affected by what they're experiencing, what the angel is, is bringing to them. Um, and I love the way that, that Lucia, Sister Lucia, soon to be saint, writes, she says that the angel's words sank deeply into our souls like a gleaming torch, showing mm-hmm. us who God is, um, and what, his, what is his love for us, and how he wants us to love him too. So really bringing out that idea of the angel as a messenger. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the Jewish people have a, a principle, I think it's called shaliach, like where you, um, the messenger is representative of the man so much so that like how you treat the messenger is how you treat the man. Ah, yes. And so it's like, that's kind of what I'm seeing being brought out here that, that they're really acknowledging that they're experiencing God through these the inter- interactions, encounters with the angel. Um, and yeah. they're learning who God is and how he loves them through which, those interactions. Which really, that's the work of a good catechist again. Right. You know, <laughs> exactly yeah. that. By, and, and what is he continually bringing them to? He's bringing them to prayer. That's, that's how right. he's catechizing them, mm-hmm. which I think is fantastic. Um, so then we have a third and final visit by the angel in the fall of 1916. Um, she says that the angel approached the children. Um, they lifted their heads to see what was happening, and the angel was holding in his left hand a chalice, and over it in the air was a host from which drops of blood fell to the chalice. Hmm. Um, and she continues that the angel leaves the chalice in the air, kneels near us, and tells us to repeat three times, Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly, and I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences by which he is offended. Uh, and by the most infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I beg the conversion of poor sinners. That is a powerful prayer. Yeah. In fact, it sounds like something that we have today it does. In, in our prayer catalog. That's right. Yeah, it does sound like the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that this is, it, it's a pedagogy, you know, it's, it, mm-hmm. the angel is trying to teach them. And so he starts very simple um, with the very simple prayer about adoring God and offering suffering. He brings it into more um, explicit light in the, in the second visit. And now he's really making it clear, you know, the, you, you unite your sufferings to the Eucharist and that is how souls are saved. Yeah. Um, you unite your prayers to the Eucharist and that is how souls are saved. Uh, and it means something like we mm-hmm. were saying a minute ago, like that is truly efficacious. It's not just like we get warm and fuzzy feelings thinking, well, I prayed for that person and you know, that's all I could do. No, that means a lot. No, that, yes, exactly. Like we, we read in revelation that the, the prayers of the saints, uh, and we are the saints. That's what that word means. The prayers of the saints rise like incense to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what our, that's our prayer does. And that's what the angel is trying to show them. That's right. It's not just Kathleen's hair product that rises up to our Lord. Oh, I do try. At, at the very beginning, actually, of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you have a section on what's called the economy of grace. Mm. And there are probably maybe six or seven Catholics in the universe who have actually read that, I think. Um, but it's it's used to be in the Baltimore Catechism where it was described as air being moved around by a central air conditioning system. But it's really worth going and looking because the idea is that the grace of God is transacted almost in an economic sort of way, mm-hmm. and that our prayers and our sacrifices have a real, as Olivia says, you know, transactional sort of effect with God, yeah. and that certain things multiply grace and certain things dissolve grace. And and while it's somewhat vulgar to talk about it in an economic sense, that is a very good way to describe yeah. 
what the effect of grace is in terms of these prayers and these various spiritual exercises. That's right, and even when we talk about something like an indulgence, that that is a merit of the saints that is that is imparted to us through the Holy Father. Right. You know, e- even that. So, so the Holy Spirit is, is constantly at work, and that's what the angel is trying to say to these children, is that Mary is going to do something very important, but you, you shepherd children, you lay shepherd children, you will have an important, to play, important part to play in how that message then goes out. And, and we see that, not, not just because they're being canonized now, but precisely because they went out as little itty-bitty lowercase a apostles, mm-hmm. uh, as messengers of Fatima. And that's really what the angels do to us. Huh? They, they protect us, they prepare us, so that we can then go out and hear the gospel and respond. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then the the last part of this particular visit, he he the remember that he was holding a chalice with a, a hose dripping blood. He gives that to them and and impairs them to eat and drink the body and blood of Christ. And he says that the body and blood of Christ are terribly outraged by the ingratitude of men. Mm-hmm. So offer reparation for their sakes and console God. And I I love the the I not the idea, the fact that um, participating in the Eucharist has so many dimensions. You know, it's a prayerful dimension because yeah. it, it's my um, my loving act of kindness, kindness to God, um, but it's, it's participating in something divine, mm-hmm. um, but also that it affects God in a way, like not to get into like, you know, dogma about how God is unchangeable, but he says that it consoles God, mm-hmm. you know, like it not only saves souls, but it consoles God who is so deeply offended because we don't love him, mm-hmm. because we don't act like we love mm-hmm. him. Um, and, and we turn away from the Eucharist. I, I mean, mean that, yes. that, that happens now as it did then. Exactly. You know, the way in which he wishes to feed us and we do not want his food. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now the angel, the angel has properly prepared the children and Mary can come to them. Uh, and and the seed will be planted in, in fertile ground yeah. um, because of the preparation that the angel did. Um, hmm. So we can only hope that, you know, coming up on the 100 years since the, these, uh, these well, more than 100 years since these particular visions and apparitions, but um, 100 since Mary um, came to the children in, in Fatima, that, that we've been properly prepared and, and the seed can continue right. to grow. Catechized in prayer and reparative suffering, the doctrine of the Holy Eucharist, receiving the bread of angels. That's something that, that these children receive from the angel. You and I can receive that whenever we go to our parish church. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't forget. Well, I suppose it is that part of the show that uh, we probably should get ready for, and we like to call... The CU Pick of the Week. That's right, for the CU Pick of the Week, uh, perhaps we should go, should we go to the guest or to Kathleen? Kathleen's always got to rock em, sock em. Kathleen? Depends. You want me to be the cleanup? The cleanup or the grand slam? Yeah. It's the closer. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, if you're the benefactress, then but you got to be the closer. I'm the benefactress. Maybe I can be the cleanup. Yeah, Father Ryan, then go for it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm prepared to be berated by uh, by my co-panelists about my pick of the week, but there is a YouTube channel called Three Blue One Brown, oh my and this gosh. is a super super smart guy. He is a, a physics grad student, <laughs> and he has I done will. a a ten <laughs> part. Ten part series of YouTube videos, Ten twenty minutes part? each, on the <laughs> nice. essence of calculus, oh, and I have watched it you twice. You want me to spend a hundred minutes? Yes, a hundred minutes is so of worth precious, it. pure life. Wait, ten parts Watching at twenty cal- minutes? That's yeah, so two hundred minutes. Hundred oh, minutes. Ten minutes. That's, no, that's about three and a half hours. Maybe yeah. you need to watch no, the calculus is, channel. It is. It is. <laughs> 
absolutely <laughs> mind-bendingly wonderful. For those who, get who for those who are interested in <laughs> physics, those who are interested in nope. math, those who are studying <laughs> engineering, there uh, are those of you. There yes. are those people. Yeah. Yeah. This yep. is this is an incredibly well put together, thoroughly researched. Uh, 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 concept-based as opposed to formula-based explanation of what calculus is. And if you want to get good at being a physicist, if you want to be any good at being an engineer, it's important to know how the concepts work. And so while you people may not be interested in a three-hour course on calculus, I had a wonderful experience with it. It is on the YouTube channel, 3Blue1Brown. It costs zero of your Earth dollars, and it is awesome. He was watching it. say you people? He was watching yeah. it in my record. Like we aren't smart or something. <laughs> like, because yeah. we're women? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's right. Uh, like Chris usually, <laughs> he usually gets himself in those. Yeah, well, well, you're welcome. So let's see, uh, Kathleen. Um, can you imagine if you were going to be caught uh, with this video in your pick of the week? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> First off, I applaud all you people out there who will watch this. You people. Yeah, I'm saying you people because it ain't me, people. That's for dang sure. <laughs> so, my pick of the week, this past weekend, I went to an escape room. Oh, nice. It was the best thing I've ever done in my life. Now, the wow. particular one I went to was in New Orleans, and it is baptism called... baptism first, Eucharist. Escape room. <laughs> escape room. I mean, I you know, this is it. This is the bee's knees. And it wasn't... Um, there's some that can be scary. Uh -huh. I went with a whole bunch of seminarians, so of course, New Orleans, all of them have to do with like voodoo and all that. So we avoided all those. Um, but what was really, it was just really fun. And a, a coworker of mine had said, you know what, Kathleen, when you get in there, people are going to want to emerge as leaders. And she says, it doesn't work that way. Everybody has to contribute. And we had so much fun. I mean, and everybody, we reading clues and listen. Some of it didn't even matter. And we we're like here to do dance steps. So much fun and just a good time. Like to have, um, you know, just they, they had costumes. It was from like the forties or something. It was great fun. Um, so mm. I encourage you if you're if you have um, if you're looking for something to do with some friends, um, find an escape room. They are <laughs> they're fantastic, and, and we want they're in most major cities. Uh huh. Yeah, find a good one. I'd do be, your research. I'd be dead. I, I would. I wouldn't. We don't die. Not, you just. I mean, and not, not in ours. That's I'm not a strategy person. I don't. That. That's shocking to me. You have to go in with like everything is a hint. So like there were some mm -hmm. things that we that we kept seeing all around, and somebody was like, "We need to collect these." And so we just started collecting them. Of, of course, at the very end, we needed them. Hmm. I'm gonna watch calculus. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. what he does on his Friday night. Olivia Glino, West of House. What have you got for us? Yes. So some might think that this is as nerdy as other topics. I do. It's not. Um, <laughs> I recently wanted to like bolster my Photoshop skills. I had like a basic understanding of, of edits that you can make to photos and, and portraits and that kind of thing. But I, I wanted to, to take it to the next level. And so Flurn, um, PH Learn, uh, it's a YouTube channel for Photoshop skills. And they have free tutorials on, I think, over 700 different oh, topics. I've never seen these before um, and because I don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, continue. Sorry. Olivia, please continue. Wow. Should I go? 
I apologize? Can I go? I apologize. I actually have used this channel and it's great. So please keep going. It's a very good channel. You'll watch YouTube videos on people trying to explain Photoshop things, and either they don't make a lot of sense, they go too fast, they don't explain what they're doing. Sounds like calculus. Yes. Or when I'm using Photoshop, I don't explain it well. Yes. So this is they're they're really great at taking it slow and not too slow, but you know just taking you through what you need to do and even why you're doing it, and that's what I I need. So if you're looking for a way to to add some skills to your little Photoshop tool belt. Flurn is a, it's a great app. Flurn sounds like you need an antibiotic for that. I know. You, you do, yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of fun to say. Let's uh, or it's a sci-fi food. Flurn DT. Yeah. <laughs> Flurn. What you got, Jeff, for your piggy week? You got one over there? No, I don't. Okay, sweet. that's cool. That's so, fine. We're going to toss yeah. it to you, It's the writer's strike. Uh, yeah, then uh, then my mine is definitely geeky, and you're free to, to, to make fun of me. Um, onlinefontconverter.com nerd oh my god people we're gonna have to have a screening of your picks of the week now on I will approve all picks of the week so benefactress let's go through the benefactress so so say say you have an OTF font right and you need it to be a true type font. Yes. Well, you can go. Doesn't this happen That's to you? That's a real thing. Every day. <laughs> what? I love you need to font. write more software. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> or maybe you have a font that's in scalable vector format, and you need to convert it into something you can use Microsoft Word. Especially a glyph font. That's, that's what I'm saying. Oh, so, here we go. Let's roll oh the credits. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, so you can go to online font converter. You can upload your font in whatever format, and it will spit out whatever format you need. That's really helpful. Yeah, exactly. I'm bookmarking that one. I appreciate that pick of the week, Father <laughs> That's Chris. right. Well, there you go. And, uh, and of course, Jeff, we are always grateful for those who are our benefactresses and benefactors, aren't we? Absolutely, Father. <laughs> this week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. So join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash Catholic Underground. That's audibletrial.com slash Catholic Underground. And also by Mystic Monk Coffee. More information at catholicunderground.tv. He's right. He's right. If you want uh, the show notes for this episode, if you want to subscribe to our podcast audio, or you just want to see our brand spanking new website, you can go to catholicunderground.com to do that. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee. She's a faith ninja. Our hope samurai. And she's all rolled into into a nice sushi roll of specialness. Hello, Kathleen. Thank you goodbye, very much. Goodbye. <laughs> That's right. Bye. <laughs> Olivia Galino joins us at OM Galino. Bye, Olivia. Farewell. <laughs> Farewell. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell. He's at Jeff Blackwell. So we've also had Father Ryan Humphreys. Thank you, Father. It's been my pleasure. Our research assistant, the leader of the crew in the lab, is Jim Hayes. He's also one of our executive producers that puts together the stuff that we talk about. So we're very grateful for him. Our video director this episode has been Albert the Great. We've also had Katie running the graphics. And you know me. Don't be afraid. I am Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Twitter at Digital Catholic. You can follow us uh, as Catholic Underground at Cath Underground. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We are Faith Gone Digital. And we will see you next time.
from the Catholic Underground.